Church in Sally, South Carolina. We pray God's richest blessings for you as you study His Word. As our kids are making their way down the hall, I want everybody to take your phone or your um, watch and just go ahead and set it aside. Although, I also don't want you to worry because I planned this. So, two things are about to happen. One is we're not doing a, the next um, portion of Matthew today because um, I didn't want to try to squeeze that in. And I know that we're also going to have the Lord's table in a moment. So if you'll just bear with me for just a few minutes, and I, I really do mean a few, uh, I want you to look at the screen and just read that question to yourself. And I want you to think about what that means. And then I want you to watch just this, uh, this video that's about a minute and 20 seconds. And so I'd like you to watch the screen and listen. How does the thief on the cross fit your theology? No baptism, no confirmation, no communion, never gave a dime, never spoke in tongues, never wore church clothes. In fact, he never even said the sinner's prayer and he was a thief. Jesus didn't take away his pain didn't heal his body, yet it was that very thief who walked into paradise with Jesus that day, simply by believing. I mean, he had nothing he could offer Jesus except that belief, right? He wasn't some brilliant theologian you follow on Instagram. No ego, no radio platform, no shiny lights, no donuts or coffee in the lobby of a church. He was just a naked man dying on the cross who recognized the Son of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the Gospel. Complex, yes, but so simple. Whoever you are, just Okay, just let that let that kind of sink in. And now I'm going to say something that might catch you off guard. Is it enough to just believe? And I know in our hearts we're probably saying, "Well, yes, absolutely." And that's not wrong completely. Now let's take a look at these few verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I, and I won't say a lot about them because they are fairly self-explanatory, but I just want to make a couple of application points after I read the Scripture. This is the simple Gospel, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. Now I make known to you, brethren, the Gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed 
in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that He appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, He appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Now, very quickly, there is the same word used twice, once at the beginning, once at the end of that passage of just 11 verses. In verse 2, when Paul is talking about the gospel that he preached to these believers, they received it, they stand on it, they're saved by it, and then he says these words, if you hold fast to the word which I preached, unless, here it is, you believed in vain. And then at the very end, Paul's making it very clear that it, it's, it doesn't matter who gets the credit, doesn't matter who preached it to you, someone preached the gospel to you and you heard it and you received it. And then he says, we preach and so you believed. And so very quickly, without doing a thorough exposition of these Scripture verses, I just want to say a word about the thief on the cross. You saw the video, you heard the, the gentleman. This man on the cross... He didn't do anything that we do. He didn't go to church. He didn't go to Sunday school. He wasn't baptized. He didn't have any good deeds to show for himself. He didn't wear the right clothes, didn't have the opportunity to. Um, but here's what he did. And, and this is the distinction I'd like to make for us all very quickly, and but very clearly. When we hear and read and say and know John 3.16, I think we all probably resonate with the truth in that one verse of Scripture. Because it is so concise, it, it says the truth so well. This is how God loved us. He gave His Son, His only Son. But I fear that in our motivation to emphasize the word whosoever, we unintentionally underemphasize the words believe. It is whosoever, absolutely. But what are those whosoever's doing? They're believing. And what does that mean exactly? 
I want to submit to you that the thief on the cross did not do any of those things not because his heart wasn't changed but because he simply lacked opportunity. He was on a cross. Let me tell you what he did do. He bore witness to the other thief even in his dying moments. Do you recall? He said to the other thief, why are you insulting him? We're up here because we deserve it. This man's done no wrong. He's up here uh, as a result of the establishment. Ultimately the will of God and the redemption plan. But he told the other thief, we deserve our sentence. He does not. So he's bearing witness to another man in his dying moments. He's talking about who Jesus is. But I just want to say to you and to me, to all of us, we are not the thief. And here's what I mean by that. We do not lack opportunity. We are saved, redeemed, forgiven, promised eternal life because we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in His sacrifice on our behalf. We believe in all He has done, all He says in His Word, and we follow Him because of that, by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. That's how we're saved. We believe in Jesus. But, belief prompts action. We don't believe and then just sit in a corner somewhere and wait for Jesus to come back. Because if that's what our belief is, if that's all our belief means to us, then it's not all that important, wouldn't you say? If we say we believe, but you know what Jesus said in, in Luke's... Um, version of the Sermon on the Mount? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? What does it mean to believe? John 3.16, all of John's Gospel, all of the Bible is true. It's true. So when we read that verse and we say, God loved the world like this, in this particular way. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. That's so true. What does our belief cause us to do? Is it just up here? Is it I've checked a box, I've prayed a prayer, I've thrown a couple dollars in the offering plate, my conscience is clear. I'm going to go back to living my life exactly how I was living it before. Friends, that is not belief. Belief in Jesus Christ is a transformation. It's a change in our hearts. So we have to remember the power of the Gospel. We heard it. We received it. We stand on it. We're saved by it. We did not believe in vain. 
That's the power of the Gospel. The importance of the Gospel. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, I delivered to you what I received as a first importance. It's, it's the main thing. And so then he said, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. He's bringing to fruition or to fulfillment all the Old Testament prophecies, especially Isaiah 53, the suffering servant. That's Jesus. And then Paul even says we need to remember the eyewitnesses to the Gospel. All the people he lists there from verse 5 to verse 11 about uh, who Jesus appeared to. He appeared to, to Peter, to the twelve, to more than 500 at one time, most of whom were still living when Paul was writing this. And, and so what he was saying is, is if you have any doubts, just go ask them. There's plenty of people who saw it. You can ask and verify. He appeared to James. He appeared to all the apostles. Then he appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus when he saved Paul from his sins and redirected him. The point is, what does it mean to believe? And the reason why I ask that question is because of how important it is for us to know what we believe, how important it is for us to know why we believe, and then also how important it is for us to know what do we do with that. Next week is Easter Sunday, next Sunday. And I'm going to be preaching out of Luke 24, which is a beautiful, very detailed description of the resurrection morning. And, and even uh, another conversation that Jesus had. But here's, here's the point of that. Next Sunday morning we will rejoice and celebrate. Jesus is alive. We'll sing songs that talk about that truth. We'll look at Scripture that reveal that truth. We'll celebrate Jesus is alive forevermore. And then we have to ask this question. So what? So what? Why, why do we even bother with this table? Why do we remember the body and blood of Christ? If we believe this, if we commemorate this, do this in remembrance of me, if we do all these things, why do we really do that? What does it ultimately matter? And that's a question we have to answer individually. We, we proclaim some things about this as a church, collectively, but individually... We have to understand some things and we have to know the answer to some questions. Who is Jesus to me? Why do I believe in Him? What has He done for me? What does it matter? How does it affect the rest of my life? Because if we just give the Sunday school answers, the Bible school answers, and say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yes, He died for my sins. Yes, He died and was buried. He was on the third day and now He's in heaven. And, and you know what? A five-year-old who's been coached can get that answer. What does it mean to me? Why is this table so important? We need to know that before we come to it. So our deacons are going to come forward now. Thank you for listening to this message from God's Word. For more information on Berlin Baptist Church, we invite you to explore our website at www.berlinchurchsc.org.